Rodney, it's happening. What's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, so you ever used uh, oil of oregano? <laughs> no. For, for no. the purpose of of killing germs, no, and viruses in your mouth. I gotta instead tell of just you, eating it. I gotta tell you, you do a lot of things for your immune system, and you still get sick. <laughs> well, you know when I get sick. When you don't do these things, mm. Mm. Oh. so consistency <laughs> is the key. With well, with it's consistency, oil but like oregano. a lot of these things. So like oil of oregano is not something I would use all the time anyway. I use it when I'm traveling, like when I'm in a place where I know I'm going to be around a lot of germs. Mm. Now I have a two-year-old, so maybe I should use oil of oregano all the time because she's at daycare yeah. and she's probably bringing home germs for us to try out every day. Yeah. So maybe I should be more consistent with my zinc and oil of oregano. Oh, hmm. that's a good tip. Consistency. That's like a reverse stick. It's like a stick, and then it got turned back on me. <laughs> it's like self-improvement, everybody. Consistency with your your immune protection homeopathic remedies. Mm. Mm. It's good. I don't think that's homeopathic, though. everybody this is our final episode of season four and as you all know season four is all about shared american ideals and as we know there are many shades to today's america that's right more than ever we tend to sometimes forget that compassion is a big part of all of that so that's why you got me and keith because we're here to anchor you into a space of compassionate conversation. Who do we got today, Keith? Mm, today we have the one and only Brad Lambert. We'll get into his intro, but what we talk about here is we talk about racial equality. We talk about servicing others as a mentality. We talk about taking risks and living your best life. So it's a really deep and in-depth while broad conversation so super excited to bring it to you today yeah yeah we're real excited yo just don't forget to follow us on all the socials uh you can go to our website moreincommonpod.com on on the socials you can find us at at moreincommonpod super simple if you like this or any episode that you've heard share it because sharing is absolutely caring and we're trying to spread this message of anchoring humanity and compassionate conversation and we absolutely need your help and we thank you for that help all right let's get into it let's go so before we get into this episode I got to tell you a little bit of something that Rodney got me into about seven months ago. One of those things, like he talks about these things all the time and I hardly ever try them. But this one Super in particular, true. Audible. Audible for audiobook listening. Like I tell you, I love reading books. I don't have a lot of time. I got two kids, two jobs. I got uh, you know, a relationship that I try to invest in. But I really like to read books and there's a lot of information out there that helps us learn for our for our business, learn for podcasting, learn for all of the things are just pleasure in reading. Mm. And it, it gives me that space to, to listen. So Rodney, thank you for, for putting me onto them because I'm excited to put other people onto it too. Yo, man, glad I could help. 
I love it. I've been doing it for years. I highly recommend it. And I know you do it for, for driving and yeah, I do it for driving in LA. And, and honestly, you know, you get to get one book for free. You can, you can send a book to a friend for free. You can return any book if you don't like it. I mean, that's lovely. And, uh, you know, they got a, a trial period going on. You get a free, free membership to start. So we're going to put a link on our website. Go check it out. Uh, it's an affiliate link. We do get a little bit on the back end. So you're supporting us. We, we really appreciate it. Go to our website, moreincommonpod.com. Check it out. Check it out. Audible. You know, that's how you become valuable. And it doesn't always have to be grand, huge gestures either. Like we're talking like basic level kindness can it can make a world of difference in someone's life. You complimenting someone, you just texting someone and being like, hey, I was thinking of you today, you know, and I hope you're doing amazing. Like that level of care, which we are all capable of. And don't tell me, oh, I'm a horrible texter, blah, blah, blah. Like, sh- shut up. Like you, you either want to do it or you don't, period. back to the more in common podcast for the first time video on youtube we're excited to be here with brad lambert our guinea pig for the video series of more in common so we're super excited to have him now brad was born and raised in pittsburgh pennsylvania so there's no surprise why he got into the sports industry after graduating from north carolina state university brad followed his passion for the steelers and all things Pittsburgh, and worked in that industry for almost 10 years. I say that as a Patriots fan. After working with his favorite athletes, Heinz Ward, mad respect, Lynn Swan, mad respect, and Willie Parker, mad respect, top sports franchises, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the New York Jets, killing me, and global brands, Lagarde, Lagadere, Unlimited, Hatchet, Apache uh, Media, Hershey, Barnes and Noble. He decided to follow his other passion, film and entertainment. So he moved to Los Angeles and hit the ground running with the one and only Robert Downey Jr. And after about a year with the biggest name in Hollywood, he went to Warner Brothers and managed their digital marketing campaigns for two years, winning three Clio Awards during his tenure for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and the Lego Batman movie and kong skull island for the last three years he has been an independent producer talent manager and international speaker working with the top brands studios celebrities artists and professionals in the industry prominent collaboration partners include walt disney studios marvel studios warner brothers warner brothers pictures uh sony pictures universal pictures gary vanerchuk who you know mad respect again chris hemsworth my wife would love you and the Russo <laughs> brothers, the Pittsburgh Steelers and more. So in 2019, he worked on the marketing campaigns for two of the biggest movies of all time, collaborating with Walt Disney studios and Marvel studios on their release of Avengers Endgame and Sony pictures and Marvel studios for their release of Spider-Man far from home. So he is currently producing multiple film and TV projects, managing talent and speaking all over the world. Whew. 
put some spin on that on my own. I hope I didn't offend you, Brad, but welcome no, to the show. Fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. So look, I want to get right in. Today is Friday, September 11th, 2020. And I want to ask you if you remember where you were at 9-11 or like what was going on for your, in your life. I want to say I was in sixth grade, mm. sixth or seventh grade. Um, and uh, I remember I was in, I think, gym class and thing was very, uh, the day was going very odd. Let's just put it that way. The teachers came in, everybody pulled us out of class I remember I got a call from my mom, just like, let me know what was happening. And they had like the news on and in the classroom. And I actually got a text from my dad that he was actually at the airport um, and they grounded all the flights. So luckily um, and gratefully, he uh, he was not on a plane, um, but he was about to be. Um, And then uh, our families took us out of class. and We all went home. Uh, it was just one of the saddest, just crazy days. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Keith, do you remember where you I were? I was just going to ask you the same thing. Um, <laughs> I do. Uh, I was a sophomore in college. or Yeah, just beginning sophomore year of college. And um, I was about to go home because I, I was at school 20 minutes away before I transferred to Purdue. And um, I was about to go home and the first plane crashed and it was just a whole bunch of chaos in the dorm. Like, no, everybody's talking about it. No one knew what was going on. And I headed out. And then my mom, I'm on the phone with her, you know, with one of those Nokia phones with, that you can play snake on for, for hours. Um, classic. And, classic. Um, and my mom calls me and she tells me it happening. Like, she just tells me a plane crashed in the towers and i was like yeah i know i already saw it i'm coming home no and it happened again and i just didn't know what to do so i got home and we just watched it and talked about it i think the thing i remember the most was um the six months afterwards of just how unified the country was the discourse was like everybody was together until they weren't again and um Hmm. I think that's, that, that'll that always stick in my mind, especially as we continue doing what we do. How about you, dude? Uh, yeah, I was I had just taken a test, and I was walking back through campus to um, actually stopped at, uh, stopped at I was, so we went to Purdue, Brad. I stopped at Tarkington at the little, the little market they had to get some food, and I saw they had a TV screen, and I saw it, and I, like, rushed up to, um, to my dorm, and... Uh, it was just surreal. It was just surreal. I don't, I remember talking to my family. I don't remember the conversations because I don't, I don't, I remember just seeing the plane. Like, I was just like, what is going on? Is this reality? Like, what is, what's happening right now? And then I don't remember when I talked to my dad. I don't think it was right away because I'm pretty sure he was at work and my dad, he was an air traffic controller at the time. So, and a supervisor. So he was pretty busy. Um, and I need to hit him up today and talk to him and ask him like, what he remembers about it being at the center because i think yeah. they went on kind of a lockdown and whatnot and i should know that but i just never really gotten into it with him um but uh yeah just just a you know tragic thing and you bring up the the solidarity afterwards keith you know we this country seems to rally around external threats better than internal or really just like without having something to say that's our enemy we can't like it, it seems to be hard for us to get together and say, hey, like, let's get better. 
Well, the hard, the hard thing is accountability, Mm -hmm. right? It's easier to blame somebody else than to take accountability for what's happening right now in front of us. Because that takes that hard look in. Yeah. Yeah. I 100%. I mean, that's completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. That is, um, man, that's interesting. Um, yeah, go ahead, Keith. Oh, um, I was, uh, going to ask you about that in particular accountability um like it's it's a big thing in your platform and what you do and like you mentioned your dad you mentioned your mom how how did that play out for you growing up like when you think about did it was it do you think it's innate what did your parents do what was what was it like growing up that you have such a strong sense of accountability Definitely how I was raised. Um, my mom, huge impact on my life. Mm. Definitely a, a mama's boy. And I always grew up wanting to just make my mom proud and, and make her happy and never wanted to upset her in that regard. So uh, I guess you could say growing up, that was like a main driving factor, right? Of, of making sure I didn't disappoint my mom. You know, I wanted her to be happy and I wanted her to be proud of me and uh, just the family element, just instilling all the right values and and just doing what's right, you know, mm. not what's easy. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not perfect. I've, I've made mistakes. And uh, the main thing is just kind of taking that accountability and understanding that life's a growing process, you know, and you never stop growing. Uh, the moment you fail is really when you say, I'm, I'm perfect the way I am. And, you know, it's like, dude, like you could be 85 and still growing and learning and adapt because life's ever changing, right? The situations that we are involved in on a day-to-day basis are changing. You know, going back to what I said earlier, you know, listening to understand, not to immediately respond. That's important, especially right now with the Black Lives Matter and uh, injustices that are happening uh, in our country, you know, accountability, right? One major freaking problem right now. And also the fact that people don't want to hear it to understand. They want to want you to shut up so they could be like, no, you're wrong. You know, and here's why. Interesting. You say that. Cause like in all of that, one of the big themes is a lot of, if I start talking about how I feel as a black man in this country or, the experience or the history, oftentimes I'll get back the response like this is still the best country on earth, which I would agree. I would agree with, and I would say we're we're not where we were, but okay, like still a great country, and we have work to do, and we can still get better. To your point, if we just settle with, oh, we're great, we're good, we don't have to do anything better. Everybody's taken care of. Everybody's good. Everybody's healthy, happy, fed. And it's like, no, nah, like. That's where failure happens, and I I I love that point. Like the moment when you say I'm done, that's where failure starts. I like that. Well, it's it it's uh it's a sign of just like we're America, we're perfect. You know, we're the best country in the world. You know, it's like I will never understand your life, bro, mm. because I'm not a a black man in this country. I've never been a black man in this country, right? So it's ignorant for me to assume I know what you're going through. Even today, right? The past 
way, 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 way worse. We've, we've grown a lot. But the fact that we're still dealing with this shit in 2020 is mind-blowing. My best Man, I friend, appreciate that. Yeah, my best friend in the entire world, he's black. He's my brother. Like, my Actually, ride I, I saw your Instagram post, the one in Hawaii. Yeah, the, that, that, the, yeah that's, yeah. that's my brother, man. Brother from another yeah. mother. It's like my yeah, ride yeah. or die. And, like, I, it when, when the George Floyd stuff happened and just the nastiness that came out of that, I was just hurting so much for him, man. How long have y'all been boys? Yeah. Uh, over a decade. So Keith and I are at about like 19 years and yeah. <laughs> we we talk about race all the time. Like yeah. It was one of the first things we ever talked about. However, the conversations went to another level of deepness post Floyd. Yeah. Did good. you have that experience as well? Or have you all have you guys always been open about it? Yeah, or? we've always been transparent. I, I think the main thing when it comes to this is like, you know, for example, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I had one African American in my school growing up mm. one i think i had like four and okay. one was the running back i know what <laughs> one was the running back yeah so so for me i didn't have a lot of exposure to that growing up mm. then i moved to north carolina in sixth seventh grade way more diverse and it was a learning experience and i grew i learned i understood I gained that knowledge and background and, and grew as a person, grew as an individual, right? And I was open to that, right? I was not raised a racist. I was not raised any way, shape, or form. But I did lack a lot of knowledge and understanding of the other side, you know, the different cultures and things that I just, like, I was in a, a, a white suburb, right? Like, that's all I really had exposure to. But moving to North Carolina, it opened up everything, you know, and I, I experienced all these different things. How at that age, because it's one of those things like I've recently been reading stuff about um, race at a different level and like the, the whole concept of black only exists if there's a concept of white, but we just don't think about it, right? Like. We're sure. indoctr indoctrinated into this system of yeah. this is just normal, right? And yeah. so um, in that, I've started to just kind of accept where I perpetuate racist systems. And I'm curious to understand, like at such a young age, moving there, like what was that experience like to give you that, that exposure? Was it you making friends? Was it your parents? Like how did you learn and get better? Um, like like everything yeah. it's just an experience it's uh, i'm a very social person so i like meeting and talking to people yeah um and when you're in that situation especially going to a new school you're forced to interact with everybody yeah and whether good or bad whether you like it or not that's just a reality like you're you're in class you have classmates you have group projects you like it was a great opportunity i wish i would have had that earlier you know, but where I grew up, I just, it didn't, that wasn't the case. Um, but then being in Charlotte, growing up, middle school, high school, et cetera, that was my life. And I, I grew, I, I learned a bunch. I was able to interact with so many different types of people. 
uh, from different backgrounds and, and, uh, orientations and, uh, religions. I mean, it was just, it was healthy in that way because a lot of people grow up in a bubble. Mm -hmm. And then when stuff like this happens, it's easy to react in a fearful, I don't understand. So fuck this. Like you're wrong. Like, and it's, it's wrong. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I grew up, you know, I learned much that I, I needed to, to kind of, uh, intake and, and experience because, you know, people have different backgrounds and I'm not going to knock you for yours and you can't knock me for mine. But if I stayed the same as I was in sixth grade before moving to Charlotte, that's on me. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, a lot of people you hear today is like, you need to educate yourself. You need to have an open mind. You need to get out of your own way. Like, yeah, man. Like, yes. Like a hundred percent. All of it. I gotta, I gotta say, uh, just even like your, your, your opening statement, like, I don't understand what it's like to be you or to be a black man in America. Like it's, we just met like right now. I wasn't even on the prep call. So I just, I appreciate that. I'm just, I just want to share that with you. Like, thank you. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Um, and I, and I, and I think is a really important nuance in that is that openness of, yeah, my best friend's black, but I still don't know your experience. Like you said, everybody has a different experience. Yeah. There's a, it's just, I don't know yours. Um, and I think, I think that's such a, a killer perspective that more people can have versus my best friend's black. So I know everything that you're going through. <laughs> well, and so this is an interesting nuance and I don't want to like, I want to change the subject in a second, but an interesting nuance is that like, even I perpetuate racial injustices and equities and not just racial, but, um other divides lgbtq plus and trans and binary non-binary like all these there's so many different constructs that i have fed into even being of an oppressed background myself i've still fed into other systems of oppression and 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 perpetuated them my myself so through through this recent uh everything that's going on with covid and post floyd i've even had some like really big moments of realizing where I fit in all this from looking out, like how am I perpetuating similar systems on other people? Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I, to your point, this never ends. Like I'm never done. I get to keep growing and realizing where I affect the world. So we, we always fear what we don't understand. That's it. So like, I don't understand the, lgbtq community so oh my god like they're no fuck that like it's like educate yourself yeah like uh, the the main thing right now is the lack of empathy across the board empathy that is that is it that solves everything if you're empathetic towards others yeah then we don't have this problem man like it's it's and that's something that was instilled upon me growing up is like caring about others and caring about how others feel. And, and, and that's a big part of why I do what I do. You know, I, I made the realization, um, I want to say a month or two ago, uh, just kind of reevaluating, you know, constantly what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And I realized that as a producer, as a talent manager, and as a speaker, all three of those are in service of others. 
their service positions. Because when I'm a producer, I'm servicing directors and talent and everybody else. Yep. That's part of the crew, uh, financiers, you know, like everybody. It's my job to service everybody. Uh, as manager, I'm literally serving my clients. And as a speaker, I'm serving the audience, helping them any way I can. There, there's a truth in that sentiment of no matter what you do, if you're an actor, you're serving your audience. If you're a director, you're serving, yeah. like, if you're a salesperson, you're serving your clients. If you're a CEO, you're serving your employees, in theory, or your shareholders, depending so on your let, economic I, I hate to interrupt you right yeah. there, but that's, that's the one thing you just said, in theory. I was waiting yeah. for you to, like, catch that. Yeah. A lot of people don't see it like Correct. that. Correct. Right. And that's the problem. The mentality. Yeah, well, we is. very much, we very specifically say there's a service industry, and that's like yeah. hospitality, you know, hotel, yeah. I, I hospitality, give you things, their I, service, I clean for you. Yeah, yeah. But that's but we're all in service. Well, we should all be in service. Right. Yeah. We should all yeah. be. Yes, a hundred percent. And that adds to the the empathy. If we all took, I mean, quite honestly, it's a maybe I oversimplify. It's a simple frame, though, is to say. I am not doing this for me. I am doing this for my family or I am doing this yeah. for whomever I'm talking to. It's a, it's an instant flip that turns into a compassionate engagement uh, because you are immediately interested in someone else's interest, not just your own, which Bingo. is a form of embracing some humanity <laughs> which, and being open to other things. Yeah. Which, which um, I, I'm curious to, to ask a couple of questions, but since we were talking about race, generally, how comfortable are, how often and how comfortable are you talking about race? I'm, I'm open. Yeah. I'm open to it. I mean, my whole thing is uh, a lot of people aren't because they're uh, stuck in their ways. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, this shouldn't be a discussion period, because we're all the same. That, like, when the George Floyd stuff happened, I made a, a statement on my Instagram. Mm. And uh, not taking anything away from Black Lives Matter or or African American lives, but I did state something similar to what you had mentioned earlier about how we have a lot of work to do across uh, many fronts. Mm. The LBGTQ community and, and you know, religion and so on and so forth, but, like, it wasn't um, taking away from what happened. I was just like, look, like this just shows we have so much room to go. Mm -hmm. Like we have so many things that we have to fix. This is one of many problems yeah. and we need to address that, you know? And I, I just, I don't like seeing people suffering. Uh, it's something that goes back to how empathetic I am, I guess. Um, and it, it kills me to see people sad or upset or hurting and, and especially people who are close to me. And, um, you know, that's why when it comes down to it, like, you know, it, it, it has to be something that you're willing to understand and, and, and grow in empathy and, and understanding because I wasn't always like this. I wasn't always, uh, comfortable or knowledgeable or, uh, understanding, in regards to this stuff, that's just because that the way life was for me early on, I didn't have that exposure, right?
but I grew and I was open to it. And I learned, I, I had moments where I was like, okay, my thought process on this was wrong. And then, you know, I grew, um, or I didn't have this knowledge and now I do, you know, but it, it's understanding that it's okay to say that and okay to say that, you know, my way of thinking or lack of understanding was not right. And I, I grew and I evolved and I changed, you know, that's the whole point of it. How was that um, post received? Excuse me? How was that post received? Uh, 99.9% great. I had one negative comment who said it was tone deaf. Mm. Um, and I was, I was taken aback at first cause I was like, you know, <laughs> that's not who I am. Um, but it was their opinion and you know, they're allowed to have it. But for me, it was, you know, once again, I, I wasn't taking anything away from what was happening, but it just, for me, it was like, we need to fix this, but we also have so many other things we have to address. Um, it's, um, sorry, sorry. No, to cut I, I think it's something that without a lot of thought, I think it's hard for humans. I think it's hard for us to naturally realize the complexity and like allow multiple things to be true at once. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And I say allow mentally allow because obviously yeah. multiple things are happening at once right. in real life. The the fact that Black Lives Matter doesn't negate the fact that all lives do indeed matter. Like it breaks some people's brain, I guess. And <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. Like there's an issue. We're trying to put out a fire. Um, the fact that Black Lives Matter and there's an issue there right now does not mean that there's not also an issue with how we treat the Muslim community in this country, how we treat LGBTQ plus community, how we treat women 100%. in the world. Like all of these things can be true. And also uh, there's inhumane treatment of pets. Like, and it's hard, I think, because we can only focus on so much. Mm-hmm but you don't have to focus on it for to acknowledge that there's an issue there. And I think sometimes people lose that. It's um, there's and the reason I asked that question is because I was wondering if you got any all lives matter kind of backlash um, because a lot of times that is used to, I'm not saying you were, but it's to contrast it. And then when people like yourself who say things, in a sincere, honest way, get conflated with that, right? And it's like, oh, sure. is this what you mean? So I was curious if that happened. Well, so I'm glad it did. We're we're in a state right yeah. now where people are on edge and ready to oh, bite your right. head off. Totally. And any, it, especially yeah. if you're against what they believe, yeah. even a little bit. I mean, and, and my, oh, whole, well, yeah, ahead, and my whole thing is like, if all lives matter, we wouldn't be talking about Black Lives Matter, right and, and, and there's a yes all lives matter but do all lives matter to this system and that system yeah. and to you and to me like they all they all matter but are they all treated the same therefore yeah. the system does not see them as mattering and therefore all lives don't matter in fact um <laughs> yeah, as it relates to talking. the argument that we're that we're making yeah. right yeah. we wouldn't be making this argument if all lives actually mattered bro yeah. like I, I think part of it is like for me, like after Floyd, I, with especially with COVID and everything we're going through, like I was in a, a level of pain where I could, like, I just didn't want to hear that comment that was like, everybody matters or like, 
everybody else has issues like at the moment that was just like i couldn't hear it but that didn't mean that the comment's wrong it didn't take away from the validity of it and it's it's kind of a it's a very trolling comment yeah. the all lives matter uh, i mean consider the source that's all i'm gonna say like yeah i, I consider some, the source. there's a Let's, one other so this thing is a question i want to ask but okay but go ahead, one thing, like to the whole point of multiple things existing at the same time mm. is like you're a black man but you also walk on two legs and aren't in a wheelchair right so you have certain capability privileges that someone who may be in a wheelchair doesn't have if a building isn't oh. handicap accessible right like those it doesn't mean your existence as a black man is any less um like that we shouldn't pay attention to the oppression that you or the the bias or the bigotry or the prejudice that you've experienced but at the same time like two things existing at the same time like it's hard to have that conversation with a lot of people. or or even or even more specifically one that breaks people's brains me saying that you two have experienced white privilege doesn't mean that i haven't myself experienced privilege, privilege that's right because i have had a ton yeah. economic yeah. opportunity yeah. like you said i'm able-bodied yeah. uh like there's ton like it it doesn't one does not negate the other right um people yeah. just don't listen though man like it just because like you say i've experienced white privilege some people would take offense to that and oh. just immediately get enraged like you, know. you don't know my <laughs> life and da, da, da. Yeah. but it's like just shut up yeah. listen listen to what we're talking about right mm. you are right i just said i grew up in in a system where i had very few uh uh just from a diversity standpoint it just was not there and that wasn't like on purpose. It was just my life mm -hmm. yeah. and I'm blessed the way my life is and whatever. But at the same time, like it wasn't by choice, you know? So that's how I grew up. You were right. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, fuck you for saying that. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's just, it's just, it's so funny to sit here. And I, I mean, have these opportunities where you, where you sit back and like, you know, you look at that, that side, let's just say that. We'll look at that side and I'm like, is this really the hill you want to die on? Mm. It, like, think like, <laughs> is this th that one? <laughs> is this it? Because the, the, how intense that side is. And, and this isn't a, a left or right. This is a right or wrong for me. Mm. I'm just being straight up. This is about right or wrong. Mm. So for me, I sit back and I'm like, this will inevitably end at some point, God willing, sooner than later. And when it does, the chips are going to fall big time. There is um, preach. It'll be out there in how we manage this, because I think there is a component of when someone's saying that they're also yelling because they don't feel heard. And it's it there is a component and this kind of goes into a, a path that i do want to get to on connecting with people with kindness and that is such a big component of your platform that i agree there's right and wrong um i don't understand the need to die on that hill like i concede in a, that theoretical realistic scenario that you worked hard you came from tough beginnings and that you've built a life for yourself that I think is incredibly good, good, good on you. 
But I also concede that if you were not white, it would have been harder. That's it. It's because right. it's because if your opinion is different than mine, then mine is invalid, or one of them. Right. One of them has to be invalid. Right. And it, and, it's, and it doesn't. And theoretically, you know, we'll we'll have a conversation that comes out in the future um, that we were interviewed on that expresses the opportunity that we try to present to um, have compassion even with that right and wrong differentiation in a conversation. Um, which leads me to a question, but Rodney said he had one, so I have to. Well, I have to yeah, I kind of wanted to pivot. Like, so reading your like, your credentials are silly, man. Like, producer, talent manager, international speaker. Something I don't see, which I very much kind of I wonder if you see yourself as, is entrepreneur. You oh, seem yeah. very yeah. entrepreneurial. And in the lead up to this, you said one of the things, something that was important to you, is swinging for the fence. And you seem to have a very healthy, if not uncommon relationship with failure and would love to jump into that sure. a little bit. Yeah. Um, how, how do you look at failure? Well, like what does swinging for the fence mean to you? Uh, setting absolutely outrageous, like goals. Not, and I'm not saying like monetary, I'm, I'm saying like, you know, it could be as simple as like, I'm going to ask out, the girl that just blows me away, like the, the, the most successful, the most talented, the smartest, you know, like whoever I have in that regard, whether it's celebrity status, like, I just don't care. Like for me, it's like, this is what I want. I don't care about uh status or like, you're not in the same zip code. Like I like, this is what I want and I'm going to go get it. And if I don't get it, so be it. I, I learned, right? And I'm going to move forward. Uh, in regards to work, like, I did not have working in Hollywood as part of my plan. That was never part of my plan, hmm. ever. I went to NC State for engineering. That lasted 15 minutes. Hey, what kind engineer. of engineering did you start with? <laughs> Uh, I believe it was civil. It's like I don't even. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. It well, was well, that's, minutes, funny. Like, look, well, here's the funny. Here's the funny thing about life, right? So I was in high school, and I did really well in high school. Um, whatever that's worth. I only applied to one college. That was NC State, and I, I applied for engineering, which was like the top <laughs> college in NC State, uh, and I got in. But I only did that because most of my family are engineers. Um, and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. So I'm just do it. First class, 15 minutes, know. went to my counselor. I'm out. Be like, so that literally was literally 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I literally left and Good. I was like, this like is not that. it. Um, and then I followed my passions and super quick, super quick on sure. that. Cause th that, that's, that seems small, but it is not small. You like most people will sit through a movie that they, loathe just because they're like i have to finish this it's like no you can actually you turn it off or you have get up and leave. yeah 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 you yeah. have a choice yeah but but it expands to everything like people who hate their career people who are in bad relationships like so what is it about your life that gave you the authority the the, the confidence the whatever it is the chutzpah to just be like you know what nah i'm out like how, how? why look man we have a finite amount of time Ooh. 
None of us get out alive. You're dropping knowledge bombs today, my None man. We have a finite amount of time, dude. Like, bringing up Chadwick Boseman again. Like, I am devastated that he's no longer with us. And this is coming from a diehard Marvel fan. And it has nothing to do with the fact that he's no longer Black Panther. I mean, he'll mm-hmm. always be Black Panther, yeah. but you get what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm devastated for that caliber of a human being is no longer here. Mm-hmm. And the work that he did on a day-to-day basis, the impact that he did on a day-to-day basis is no longer here. There's a giant void now for that that level of giving and understanding and impact that i long to fill like i i i strive for that level of uh how he is being remembered is not for his work on screen Mm -hmm. granted Mm -hmm. that's very a big part of who he was but he is being mourned and remembered for the caliber of a human being he was of how professional giving kind empathetic intelligent artistic like that truth to power like everybody should strive to live a life such as that you know what's really funny uh my my therapist gave me an exercise this week to write down to write down a couple heroes first one i wrote down was chadwick second one was t'challa but (laughs) i love it (laughs) one in the same um i actually met uh chadwick at the h boltron premiere um and that was right after he was cast as T'Challa. Mm. Um, so I grabbed him on the carpet and you know, congratulated him. And I told him I, I really loved his recent project, which was Draft Day, uh, which was the uh, NFL film where he played a, a college football player who was drafted and whatnot, and uh, Bonte Mack. And uh, he just did a, a really great job being a sports guy and a film guy. It was really cool to see uh, kind of both those worlds collide in that film. And he was like, like he was taken aback that I saw that film because mm. it wasn't a, a multi-billion dollar, you know, um, very niche. Yeah. Um, so I kind of pained my way through that, obviously, uh, being a Steeler <laughs> fan. Um, but I was like, you know, let them have a successful, you yeah, know. Hey, if they if moment. they have some success, it's yeah, going to be on like screen. It, the, and it's going to be in the draft. Yes. It's going to be in the draft. <laughs> wow. Be on the yeah. Shots yeah. fired. I mean, the the going to watch this. Like, whatever. He's not going to be happy. Yeah, anyway, um, I digress. Um, but yeah, he was just so kind and and humble. And, and uh, you know, looking back, man, like I, I wish I would have, grabbed him at other events and premieres that I've been at. Um, but you know, you're always like, Oh, I'll see him next time, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Damn. so I like there, I mean, what he did and for, sorry, real quick, what he yeah. did in 43 years of life, many people wouldn't accomplish. in I mean, talk about hundred year lifespan. Talk about no, you have a limited amount of time and taking advantage of it. But, but, but my whole thing is like, we live in a world where it's like, I want to be famous. Mm-hmm. And, and, I I don't want to be an influencer. I hate influencers. Mm. I, I I really don't what, like what that term. To you? And an influencer to me is someone who is solely focused on themselves, mm. monetizing themselves, and they just don't give a shit about anyone or anything else. And there are way too many of those in the world today. I Can want I... what one no, second. Keep going, keep going. I want to be a person of influence. Mm, there's a big difference. Big difference. Okay. So like 
I, I want more followers so I can impact more people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. You know, you give me a million followers. I, I would do serious good damage with that because I have 23,000 on Instagram, which is nothing in the grand scheme of things. But man, the messages I get, the comments I get from people who I have never even met who are spread across the entire world where I've, you've saved my life, you've changed my life. That is so gratifying and, and really lights a fire under your ass of, of how each of us can make a difference. And I mean that I, I don't look at myself as a famous celebrity or anything remotely close to that. You know, my, my friends and family from back home, they're like, Oh my God, you're like Brad Pitt. Cause I'm like out in Hollywood. I'm just like, guys, like relax. Um, but like, for me, it's, it's, it's so much bigger than that. I truly believe everybody can make a difference if they care enough to do so. One of my favorite, if I may, Keith, website real quick. I is, hate you, Keith. I think you're gonna say what I was gonna say. Is the testimonials that you have? Is this the twin you. brain moment? Is this, I hate. Is you. this real? So like much. this is good. I I mean, let's embrace it. Let's rally. We're on video now. We can have twin brains on on on. My camera. note <laughs> is um, the testimonials you have. Not so much what they say, but how they happened. Like the idea of when you have any kind of following or you have any kind of um, uh, attention publicly, to whomever is following you, you are unattainable. Very much common, right? Like, so, oh, how, how could that happen? How could that be? And there's a mystique and a, an aura. And when people reach out to you, you reach back and you don't waste time. And you set up time and you have conversations and you keep in contact. Like the selflessness of your time, which is the most valued commodity most precious thing. that you have, um, you, you give it, you, you spend it and invest it wisely. It's not an investment in the other person because you believe in them or know them. It's an investment because they seemingly need something that you have to offer and you're willing to, to spend it on them. And and to add to that, I, I was not I was thinking about this, but I was not going to share it with you directly, Brad. But so it, your 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 mission of kindness, like it comes across and it comes across super quickly because like when we were because we don't interview everybody like we for us, people ask us all the time, like, how do you pick people? And honestly, it's a feel mm-hmm. like it's just a feel. Yeah. Um, and I looked at your Instagram for all I swear I was in a car wash and I looked at your Instagram for like three minutes. I was like, yep, Keith, yep, yep, yeah, green light. Me too. Go. I, like, I I watched one like, video and I cool. was like, kindness done. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah I was, appreciate yeah. that. And and I want to go back to something you said about the unattainable nature. Um I that goes back to like the uh the shooting for the fence and, and things of that nature for me. Like I don't like that. For me, I want to be relatable. Mm. I want to be attainable. I want people to look at me who are, you know, 10 years age difference and be like, I can be Brad in the next three to five years. I want that for them. Mm -hmm. I genuinely do because one, I'm not (laughs) Bill Gates, right? So like that level of relatability is so important because 
I, you know, we follow the Gary Vaynerchuks and the the Tom Billyus and the Tony Robbins and guys like that. And you're like, are you in my podcast playlist? Yeah, right? Right? Do you want to see <laughs> the motivational playlist? You on yeah. my phone? Well, what's been really cool getting to know Gary, getting to know Tom, Lewis Howes, Jay Shetty, like these are, everybody's the same. It goes back to where we started this conversation, right? Everybody's the same. They're at a higher level in their career, which shouldn't take away from you whatsoever. Um, but like, I want to have a grounded aspect to my brand and who I am in a relatable uh, aspect to it, to where there isn't a disconnect, where there, there will be a disconnect with Bill Gates or Tony Robbins or guys like that, Warren Buffett, because you're just like, wow, he, you know, we just talked for three seconds and he's made $3 million. You know, there's a huge disconnect there, you know, but like for me, my life is not perfect. It's not complete. It's not uh, <laughs> self-sustaining by any means. So there's relatability there, you know, and I want to express that. And I do that with my content where I'm very transparent. And, and, um, I, I want, you know, the following to, to really, um, feel that and get that. And, and I think I've done a, a good job doing that because the responses and the communique and, and the stuff that I get from these people, uh, is it, just so heartwarming and, and positive and, um, it just makes me want to well, grow more and do more. The wanting to be a person of influence comment reminds me, I was talking to one of our past guests recently. She, she did a thing for me and she said, you know, um, everybody is looking for significance. And she's like, you know, maybe, um, maybe instead of just looking for significance, we should, we should strive to be a significant, significant, significant in other people's lives and significant for other people. And, and, and it's funny you say that because, you know, it goes back to the quote, I'm going to butcher it, but if you want to truly be happy, live a life of service. And that is the truest, most factual statement ever, because my life is not easy, but I'm as happiest at the happiest I've ever been because my life is that. Like I, I literally like as a talent manager and a producer, I have many relationships. Notice I said relationships instead of connections where mm. I can help people. And, you know, there are people in, in the business who monetize their relationships and their connections and go good on you, whatever. But that's not what I want to do all the time. I'm on to talk a lot, yeah. looking for talent and also just following people I admire and, and respect their work or how they carry themselves, whatever. And I've been recently just reaching out to random people that I follow uh, and been like, you know, noticing where they're at in their platform and being like, hey, uh, I could help you get verified if that's something that you're interested in. Mm. And I think we all know that blue check is, is very elusive and um, important from a brand standpoint. And man, I've, I've gotten 15 to 20 people verified in the last two months on TikTok okay. and I haven't charged a single person. Um, and people think I'm full of shit. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah. for free. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, and I'm just like, anybody believe you. And, yeah. and I'm literally like, I'm just, um, uh, if I can help you, I will. And that is how I carry myself. And uh, because for me personally, I've been desperately trying to get verified on Instagram. Hmm. That has been something for my brand, for what I've done, what I've accomplished, who I work for. 
it, it is such a valuable asset in my line of work to have that. And for whatever reason, it, it has not happened yet. But I, I'm able to get other people verified. So I am doing that because I know the level of importance it holds. So how, how do you mean this? So we talk about this a lot, right? Is like for our cause to anchor humanity and compassionate conversation, if we impact one person and anytime we get a story, um, it just, it's like, okay, it's worth it. Yeah. And it's still hard because you want to impact more, right? So yeah. you're not like, it can be easy to just get caught. It's like, Oh, when are those numbers going to go up? You know, we're at here. I want more. How do we do this? Like that, that, cognitive balance can be difficult and we i probably struggle with it far more than rodney so i'm glad we have a business partnership because you know the way we function um more operational <laughs> um but like how do you not find yourself do you ever do that oh yeah and, i mean it, how do you manage that it's it's extremely easy to fall into the oh my followers haven't gone up or this that and the other but i look at the big picture man yeah. you know like there are people with 60 million followers who have done nothing for anybody else mm. where the level of impact that I've had on people uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's, you know, obviously nothing, but is far greater than most. Mm. And that's because I, I care enough to do that. And off of what I was saying just now with the verification thing is like, I, I literally have just reached out to people. I, I help them, you know, that I, I work with them and I help them achieve that. And I had one of the recent um, creators reach out to me and he was like, he texted me, he's like, do you have time to talk? And I was like, I knew right then what this was about because I had just submitted him. So I called him and he was like, dude, my mom just called me and said she saw the blue check next to my name. I just freaking out. He's like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I've been trying to get this for so long and I just like. I can't tell you what this means to me and my family and my future. And, and I'm just sitting back here, like, bless up, dude. Like, you know, like I got you. And he was like, bro, like for real, I, I just, I'm like, go make the most of it. Yeah. Like go do your like, thing. It's the beginning. It's not the end. It's yeah. the beginning. But, but it, it's that, that impact just in that scenario where he's like, his mom's like crying and like, they're all celebrating and, and, if you don't have the relationships in this business, those things are very hard to attain. Mm. And in my line of work, I have those. I'm grateful to have those relationships. Yeah. So I help the people that I can, right? The other thing, Keith, and I talk about a lot, and, and mainly because Vaynerchuk talks about it a lot, is giving. Like, mm -hmm. and, and, and we've been thinking about it. We've been evaluating, like, talk about that hard look in. Yeah. Like, we've been looking at our content like damn we're asking for a lot it's like nah like, what can we give where can we give and i just i love hearing you give like practical examples of how you're doing that i've actually written down like three ideas keith of what i love it. things that we I can be wait. doing yes. to give more um but just i i love it and and 100 agree that the times where i feel the most connected to myself and just best frankly is when i'm doing something for somebody else without a without expectation expectation without of return. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and here's how I look at it too. I'm a relationship guy and relationships don't happen overnight. You mm -hmm. have to prove yourself. So for me, 
what's better than providing enormous amounts of value right out of the gate and not asking for a single damn thing. You know, I've had experiences with some of the closest people I call friends today where I've provided so much value to the point where they're like, and like, what can I do for you? Mm. Like, please like, tell me something like, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm good. It's, it's not, it's not about that, but it gets to that point because you know, that's how you become valuable. Mm. And it doesn't always have to be grand, huge gestures either. Like we're talking like basic level kindness can, it can make a world of difference in someone's life. You complimenting someone, you just texting someone and being like, Hey, I was thinking you today, you know, and I hope you're doing amazing. Like that level of care, which we are all capable of. And don't tell me, Oh, I'm a horrible texter, blah, blah, blah. Like, shut up. Like you either want to do it or you don't Mm -hmm. period. Um, And especially now, like I've had moments of, of depression during this time where I've just literally mind numbing, just don't want to do anything, feel like shit. And when you you know, this time COVID. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, entering 2020, I was on fire. Mm -hmm. Like, I had a lot of stuff rolling. I was feeling really good about where I was at in my career and, and moving forward. And obviously it, it stopped everything, like literally derailed the train. And, uh, you know, I had to pick up the pieces and adjust and, and kind of pivot in different directions and find ways to, to keep going basically. Um, what, what did that? So I kind of want to dig into that. I mean, we, we, It'd be easy for somebody to be like, ah, oh, Brad's got it all. He should, like, depression. He should never be depressed. Like, so COVID hits, business hits a standstill. Like, what does that do to you? What does that do to you mentally? What does it do to confidence? Like, how does that depression manifest for you or depressive, like, state? Like, how does that manifest? I'm, I'm a workaholic. I love working. I, I, I can't, I, I can't turn it off. You know, like, even when I'm on vacation, I'm just like itching. I'm like, fuck, I have to do something, you know? So I'm constantly going, um, even when I'm on vacation or, you know, places where I should be relaxing. Uh, I do take time to like chill and that's generally like gaming with, with my boys and, you know, watching sports or movies or things like that. But, um, not being able to do what I was doing, Mm. which was like in Los Angeles, it's nonstop. Go, 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 go. Right. So it's, coffee meetings, dinner meetings, lunch meetings, conference calls, premieres, events, this, that, and the other all stopped. You know, I was blessed and grateful enough to literally be on a red carpet almost once a week for some are sort you, of premiere or event. Are you an extrovert? Like, do you get your energy from being around other people? I love, yeah, I'm, I'm a very outgoing person. Mm-hmm. So for me, like, going to these events and and that's not only fun for me because i love movies and and just that um those experiences that come with that but uh, it also allowed me to build as a professional because i would literally be on these carpets with talent and producers and directors and composers and i would just build relationships and meet new people mm-hmm. and that's where i i was able to kind of get a lot of stuff done where most people would go yeah, you know, here's a good example. Most people go to those things and try to get selfies and like screw around and whatever. I would literally leave with phone numbers mm. and plans for coffee and meetings and things of that nature. So, so that like, would work for you, kind. Of. I mean, yeah, in, in, a, it, yeah. in a fun way, but it was yeah. work. And and I don't want it to seem like oh, it's a 
uh, derogatory, like he had ulterior motives. Like, no, I, I, I go in and I'm always a value first person. Right. So if there's a, you know, composer, for example, I went to the invisible man premiere, I think it was in December or something. Uh, Universal's brilliant film. If you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. It it's really great. is. Yeah, it, it was it shocked a lot of people because the budget wasn't that big, mm. but man, was it just so well done. And uh, adding to list, uh, Elizabeth Moss <laughs> crushed that. Um, and then uh, Benjamin Walfish, the composer, I mean, from the first five seconds, that aerial shot with the ocean leading up to the house, the score literally set the tone. I was like, holy shit, I'm gonna regret this. Um, <laughs> but it was a it was a blast. But I'm on the carpet and I see Benjamin Walfish, uh, who's a tremendous composer, one of the best in the world. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of uh, score music and, and that ties me back to film and TV shows and video games. So I love that kind of music. So um, I had the opportunity to meet him, uh, him and his lovely wife. And we you know, exchanged pleasantries and uh, I ended up walking away with his phone number and plans to kind of keep in touch. And if I can help you, let me know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I ended up texting him after didn't hear back. That was fine. Um, I understand the business. And then a few months later, he had an issue with social media with a fake account and somebody posting inappropriate stuff. So I literally texted him out of the blue and was like, Hey man, I can help you with this. And he hit me back. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't see your first message. Uh, deeply, deeply sorry. Please forgive me. Da, da, da. And I was like, relax, man. I, I, I get the business. Like, it's fine. And I was like, but I can, I can help you with your problem. He was like, oh my God, if you could fix this, it'd be amazing. So I not only got rid of the fake account, I got him verified in less than 24 hours. I just like cleaned up the whole issue that was there for him. And he was just blown away. You know, didn't ask for anything. It was just like, but guess what? I now have a really great relationship with Benjamin Walfish right now. Mm -hmm. What's better? Would you rather have a one-off payment of $5,000 or a long-term relationship with a person that could mm. potentially make you hundreds of thousands of dollars later. But that's the thing. Like people think too much about the quick, short quick, term. quick, short term gains and, and quick fixes and things like that. You're not going to establish yourself from a reputation standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, from a capability standpoint with that kind of stuff, especially starting out of the gate. Right. So it's like, I always say like, if I can help you, I will. I don't want to make promises, but I feel good about this, mm. you know? So let's, let's see what we can do. Mm. And, and when I go to these things, you know, even going back into, into college, right. When I was young and, and high school and college days, I would go to training camp. I, I've been around the Steelers since like 2005. So I'd be like on the field during practice and interacting with my, my boys on the team. And I would bring my friends and we'd have a blast. And once again, at the end of practice, everybody would scatter to get, photos and autographs and we'd all come back at the end and compare who got what and whatever. And they'd always come back to me and be like, who'd you get? I'd be like, I didn't get any. And they're like, you didn't get any autographs. And I'm like, no pictures. No, but I got seven phone numbers. Hmm. Like that was my, my goal. I wanted to have genuine relationships with these guys that I supported so heavily you know, day in and day out, Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, like didn't matter. And that's from an early age. That's, that was my goal. I didn't care about autographs and, you know, fleeting shit like that. I wanted lasting relationships. So, you know, Willie Parker was 
the first professional athlete that I connected with on the Steelers. And he's one of my closest friends, if basically family at this point to this day. I was his biggest fan growing up. I ended up handling his retirement with the Pittsburgh Steelers, wow. which was a full circle story if I've ever seen it. And, uh, you know, I'm now Uncle Brad to his kids. It's just like when you look at the bigger picture, I would take that any day of the week over a quick five grand, you know. We just recorded. So we have this series um, called The Dad Chronicles where Rodney and I nice. just uh, pontificate things. We wax poetic girls. to our daughters. <laughs> um, and we talked about kindness today. It was actually uh, as a result of, of I love this inter- um, interview. And one of the things that came out of it was kindness is lasting. Um, anything else is short term. And you don't know what the out- in- outcome could be. It could be positive, could be negative, but kindness is lasting. It will last you forever. Uh, and my, what Maya Angelou says, you know, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Rodney said that. I, I called that morning. exact quote yeah. up in the video. So, well, not the exact, but yeah. uh, I have a question. So back to kind of the entrepreneurial thought and tying it into what you just said about the relationship. When you're starting out or as you're starting a new endeavor, how did you, how did you or and or how do you now think about the idea of managing Hey, I'm building something for the long term. I'm building a relationship. So I'm not I'm not gonna I don't want to sacrifice tomorrow for today. I don't want to get that quick buck. At the same time, I want to be successful. I need to eat. <laughs> I like yeah. I got bills to pay. Like yeah, how do thanks. you how do you balance that? Or how do you think about balancing that? Right or wrong, I have my ways. Like it, it's uh, I'm I'm stuck in the way I do things. Uh, I could be monetizing my connections right now and my relationships and making a, a good amount of money, especially right now. But I've chosen not to do that mm. because the long-term goal is more important. And even when I talk to these people specifically for the verification stuff that I've talked about, it's it's bigger than than just now. I was like, look, like if this works, I hope we have a long-term relationship. And the response is generally the same, where it's like, hey, I'm loyal. If you help me, I will ride with you forever. Like this is important for my career. So you know, when you um, look at all of this, and we go back, kind tying, kind of tying it together, and we think about like Chadwick. That I mean, this speaks exactly to the legacy of Chadwick, right? It wasn't about whatever. At least what we know, and um, what you know about him. What is your swing for the fence goal with all of these things that you're doing? I, I want to be happy. Mm. I want my family and my friends to be happy. And I want to impact a lot of people in a positive way. Mm. That's, I mean, the common thread that I'm hearing from you is like, you're very aware that you're building a legacy. I'm freaking trying. Yeah. Like that, that's a fact. I mean, it's, it's, uh, like I said, good or bad, I, I am the way I am. Uh, Lord knows, growing up, my my parents were on me about, you know, you can't be doing free work. You have to pay the bills. And, you know, and I'm like, you don't understand. It's like bigger than that, you know. So, you know, and I, I, I left a lot of money on the table. I have left a lot of money on the table. And I will most likely continue to do that for the bigger picture. But I would not be where I am today if I monetized every single conversation i've ever had 
where so i want to dig in there we have we we don't we have about 10 minutes left um where did that come from like that vision to say because this is the trap principles so many of us i've fallen into right we we've talking about we've been talking about this for three years you need to do this your parents tell you and your response is but you don't get it like where does that come from because that i mean shit i i i don't know i I, i've always had an innate understanding of of people but it's the belief in yourself like yeah but but it it, it's more the belief in what i'm trying to do Mm. not necessarily i mean yes me but Mm. but the impact that it's going to have on somebody else Mm. um I care way too much about other people, good or bad. Like that's just how I am. Mm. Um, the the empathy levels off the charts, um, and I try to back that up as often as I as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's you have to have that that blind belief. Uh, in in reality, obviously, yeah, um, right. But you know, otherwise, like you know what is it if if you don't stand for uh something you'll fall for anything like it for me like like i said i wouldn't be sitting here in the position i am if i didn't move the way i have my whole life you know and and it's funny going back to a guy like willie parker he thought i was so annoying (laughs) when we first started out like he he didn't understand why i did what I did and and why I would text him every couple of weeks checking in how's the family how's your training how's this how's that never asked for shit you know it was just my genuine giving a crap about him and his life and his well-being and then you know we had a conversation years later after he retired we're on a cruise together we're sitting down having drinks and at this point he was uh reaching out to be a coach uh getting a coaching internship in the NFL so he was outreaching to a bunch of teams and a bunch of coaches and front office people. And he looked at me, he goes, I get it. I get it now. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, it's all about building relationships. And, and he's like, I, I get it. And that was one of the most just like iconic moments in my life to, to, you know, he's older than me. Like there's a six, seven, eight year difference in age, but he, he understood later where I was coming from is it and it's okay go ahead. finish your thought no it's, it's just a laugh we share all the yeah. time now because like I said growing up like I was a huge fan of his and and then I was able to handle his retirement and now I'm Uncle Brad and you know our relationship is is just awesome and I'm so grateful for it there is a, a DNA a, a, an evolutionary process that we need to capture on this DNA that you have because so many people probably think what's your motive right like 100% well, we're taught we're taught that people are trying taught, to take advantage of yeah us. like 100%. i can't imagine in hollywood probably everybody out of me trying man. to do something like <laughs> instead of like wow this dude just wants to find out and see who i am like there's they're all we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop and even if you do get some sort of benefit out of it long term, it doesn't change the direction you go with that relationship. It only fortifies it. And I think there, there, there's more of that. Like 
we need more of that where we're not expecting the worst in people relationship is the goal and connection i mean we talked about a lot right connection just people meeting people like we talk about that same example um where with uh you know the person who's like all lives matter right but there's still an opportunity to to connect yeah may not be as deep with that person as it is with this person but they're just here boiling it down trying to survive and do something they just yeah but it's, I don't it's think on the right right side of what you think fear of failure big time yeah uh trust is completely gone in most scenarios i mean i'll give you an example uh a year and a half ago i was reaching out to a prospective client an artist that i followed for a long time one of the most talented artists out there just creative just to next level and I was chasing him for six months. I want to manage you. I want to manage you. I want to manage you. We can do big things. Like, let's do this. And he just was nervous. Like, he, he didn't trust me. And I was like, look, like, like, I believe in this. I know what we could do together. I know what I'm good at. I know what you're good at. Our weaknesses complement each other. Like, we can do this. And uh, finally, he agreed. But his main fear was like, you're gonna you're gonna screw me over financially and i was like i'm not that's not who i am that's not what i'm about and i was like i'll prove it to you the money will go to you then you'll pay me mm-hmm. guess who got the short end of the stick in that scenario mm-hmm. didn't change a single thing mm-hmm. i did every single thing i said i was going to do for him every single thing we did magic last year together like I, I elevated his brand. I got him opportunities he never had before. We did awesome work together and I had a blast, but 12 months into it, I never received a cent. How do you look at the relationship 12 months. from that point? Um, you see who people really are uh, and where their priorities are. Um, and, you know, there's understanding you know, I'm a very understanding person, but it gets to the point where you're 12 months, a full year from beginning, and a lot of money has been exchanged uh, in that time period. And it's just lying, not giving a shit, you know, and and obviously I no longer work with this person, but that that reputation, you know, like decisions have consequences and accountability will eventually hit you in the mouth. and And that's something where in this world, a lot of people feel like they're invincible and they're indestructible and they pose no threat, you know, to, to consequence and whatnot. And it's, it's funny, especially in this business, you know, if you're high up in the industry, there is a level of, you know, I'm invincible because there's no accountability overhead. Right. You know, a psychological, a psychological footnote. It is off the case that our fears our biggest fears are because of our own, like our own psychology, our own like I, tendency I towards a thing. Like I'm afraid am, that you yeah. would screw me over because I've I screwed other people over. over or because yeah. I would screw you over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but here's the thing though, like that experience impacted my life personally, professionally, mentally, emotionally, like it was rough. Cause you know, yeah. I, I gave my all for my client. And I did everything that I said I was going to do. And then I ended up getting the short end of the stick. And, but that hasn't changed 
it, a single it thing about your, how I move forward. Change, and I think this is the key. And I want to kind of um, we got a we're, we're we're three minutes left. It changed your relationship with that individual, but it didn't change your perspective on other people. Hundred percent, and you didn't lose. I mean, you yeah. you did what you set out to do. It's kind okay. of that whole you you stayed um, accountable. I win, I won. win, or I learn. Yeah. I never lose, yeah. right? Like, and, and and like I said, I'm I'm true to who I am, and even when I do make a mistake and I screw up, I own it. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, that's the level of accountability that I have. Um, and when when you're an adult, you'll make mistakes, right? For sure, you're human. When you're a kid, you'll wake you'll make way bigger, way worse mistakes, right? Because you're just learning. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a level of understanding for kids and teenagers growing up. But when you're 30-something years old, that level of excuses and things of that nature, it's all trash. You know, like, you you can't. (laughs) At the end of the day, (laughs) you're an adult. Your goals align to your integrity, and you've you've put them hand in hand you have to but that's the thing like warren buffett says it takes you know (laughs) 25 years to build a solid reputation and five minutes to ruin it right but now probably now it's 30 seconds with social media yeah so it's like yeah one post or or one thing that goes viral good or bad like it's so it's my thing it's you know i've i've (laughs) i've said uh you know a lot of people, specifically the person I was just talking about, you know, the only person that can hurt them is themselves. Mm-hmm. So w- with that, I, before we ask our final question, how do you protect yourself against the that? Like, you could be your biggest detriment, all the, and you're also taking in these signals, right? You're 20K followers. Like, there's going to be negative stuff. There's going to be shade. There's going to be hate. What do you do to keep your head right? Blinders? Focus. Yeah focus um do you meditate or anything huh do you meditate or anything no i'm too antsy for that (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh yeah i mean i I, i'm just highly focused um i i'd like to think i'm really mentally tough i've i've worked on my mental toughness and with failure your mental toughness goes through the roof does that mean that you don't hear them you don't read them or you read them and it's just like all right cool thanks and you just keep moving exactly that Okay. Like at the at the end of the day, it's so easy to sit on the sidelines and talk shit. For sure. It's much harder to be on the field making shit happen. You know the right? man in the arena quote? Go ahead. Do you know the man in the arena quote? It's um I think it's Eisenhower. I don't know. Um Brene Brown brought it up in one of her most recent books, and it's like, um, and I'm gonna butcher the hell out of this, so I'm gonna just gonna paraphrase it, but it's yeah. like the person whose opinion that I care about is the one that's in the arena bleeding and sweating and struggling even if they're on their back like they got in the arena they tried yeah it's easy to be like to your point it's so easy to be out there throwing rocks throwing tomatoes ah you suck you suck like oh well what have you done yeah so i kind of the, the comment is to say if you're out there doing it like listen to others that are doing it the ones that are just heckling from the sides like yeah positive inputs Positive inputs all day and, long. And I would just say, look, failure is part of life. Accept it. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to come out the other side better than before. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't let 
people who do you wrong impact who you are at your core or change your values or how you go about things. Mm. Um, you may take different approaches in regards to protecting yourself, um, like getting a great attorney. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, just, if you stick to your guns and do things the right way, your reputation, your, your character, um, you know, when I first came out here, people looked at me like I was an alien. They're like, what is your fucking problem? Like, why are you like this? And <laughs> I'm broken. like, yeah, like, now like, y'all are broken. Like, why are you, you know, why are you talking to people in different departments? Cause I want to meet people. I want to have good relationships with everybody in this building because ultimately that'll make me better at my job and make everything better for everybody. So you answered the final question without us even asking it. So we got it, but I feel like I still want to ask it. I still want to, I do. Cause I feel like he's been dropping gems the whole time. There's going to be another one. Let's go. Um, God dang, man. You just, that, that last one. So good. Like get, talk to everybody. Uh, okay. Brad, firstly, thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Like this, this has been, been fun. Awesome. It has been, I don't know, man. It's just been a good conversation. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. it. And I, like I said earlier, like I, I, I thank you for your comment. Like it, it meant a lot to me. So I appreciate it. Got you. Um, so the last question is now that this is your audience, not ours, what would you leave them with? Leave with kindness, plain, simple, big or small, do what you can for other people because a little bit of happiness goes a long way. Mm-hmm.